The redheaded preacher is back, back from vacation, and the one of the events um, in my vacation is the basis of this homily. And so, if you want to find out how my vacation went, well, I'll tell you about one particular afternoon and how I interpreted it theologically, kind of naming what happened. You know, and um, I hope you will enjoy it and find the meaning in the experiences that I did, but for your own lives and in your own experiences and how we can somehow in our own ways and with our own gifts pass them on. So I hope you are as excited to listen to this podcast as I was to write about it and to deliver it on Sunday, August 7th at St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie. Mark Loach is our lector, and he'll be reading passages that I'll be referring to. Uh, Not so much the Luke passage, but that should be self-evident why I included that. It is mentioned in the homily. So thank you for tuning in and for coming back. If you've been before and were waiting for my vacation or for whatever reason, um, we welcome you and hope you are blessed by what you hear as I was blessed to preach it. Okay, Mark, it's up to you. The first reading is from Hosea chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. As the Lord is very upset with Israel at this time, he also remembers how much love God showed them earlier in their life as a people. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. This ends the reading from the prophet. Our epistle reading is from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Paul points out our old sinful condition before Christ, Louds God's undeserved love for us, which changes us, and then reminds us we have a blessed purpose. Paul wrote, You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses. And we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, who was rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive again with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This ends the reading from Today it is Luke, chapter 18, verses 35 through 43. As Jesus approached Jericho, 
a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard a crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Then he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who were in front sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he shouted even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, praised God. Here ends the reading from the Gospel and the scriptures for this morning's service. May God give us a wise and joyous understanding of this, the word of God for the people of God. So I was on vacation up in Spooner two weeks ago. Beth, of course, was with me, but as Bill Schaller once told me, when you're retired, as she is, you don't get vacations anymore. We set Monday as a day to kayak. It was a good time in the river, unlike last year for me, and that changed at the very end. We were coming up quickly on our landing spot on our right as we paddled. Just before that landing spot, just before it was a high concrete overpass and the medians which held it up. Now we needed to stay to the right of the closest median. The stiff current seemed to be circulating clockwise, so to the right for we who were kayaking, and that's where the landing spot was. But I was on the outer perimeter of that cycle. It was trying to circle me into the median first and then send me clockwise and up and to the right towards the beach. Paddling hard with my sister Pam's kayak very close to us on my right, I underestimated the force of that wider current. I was able to manage to direct the nose of my kayak to not bear the full frontal brunt of hitting the edge of the median, Instead of slamming into it like at noon, the kayak was more like at 11 o'clock. Bam! My kayak and I were capsized into a strong underwater current. I got out from underneath the kayak underwater, got my head above water, and thought I needed to get the kayak uncapsized, realizing that was pretty much impossible because of the, the might of the river flow, my relative weakness, and the weight of the upside-down kayak, I just quickly grabbed the end of the kayak at one end that was in front of me and used my legs to paddle me through the water over to, and now with the help of the current, to some extent, to the beach for docking. Now I was going off to the right where I was supposed to be. After a bit, I tried to put my legs down and the water was shallow enough now that I could suddenly stand up in the water. My brother-in-law, Jeff, was there already and grabbed the other end of the kayak, pulling it from me and onto shore. I was starting to follow him when I heard Beth yell, she was also on the beach, where are your glasses? 
gone, they're gone, I, say, I yelled back, just realizing it when she asked. I did not carry a spare pair of spectacles. I don't even have one. They're expensive. I did not freak out. By the grace of God and maturity over time, I had proper perspective soon enough, I hope. I realized, you know, I did not drown. I didn't break any bones. Losing my glasses was a major inconvenience, but one we could take care of back in Chicago. Now, my brother-in-law, Jeff, spent a good bit of time on the median trying to see if he could perceive the glasses down in the water several feet below. And I did the same, but closer to the landing, in case the glasses made their way upstream seven yards or so, but no luck and we gave up. It was a spectacle event, or if you will, a spectacular encounter with the Namakagan. It may not sound like much of an encounter, but Beth told me that when she saw the boat flip over and I disappeared into the river's flow, she thought I was a goner. I trudged up the hill from the beach towards my sister's van, and Beth gave me a towel so I could take off my water shoes and you know, start drying the sand off my feet, yada yada. And that's what I was doing when the guy from the next vehicle over asked me how the river trip went. And I said, you know, it went pretty good, no real problems, and so on, because compared to last year, it was much better. And I finished by saying, oh, only I lost my glasses when the boat capsized at the end. He said, I know what it's like to lose your glasses or your contacts. That's bad. And then he said, I can go look for them if you like. I died. I just have to get a few things from the back. I had no idea what to say because I'd never expected this. And while I stammered in disbelief to say, sure, that'd be great, uh, he again said, I'll take a look if you want me to. It's not a problem. I dive. I'm just waiting for my wife and son to show up. He asked me some specifics, where had I hit the median? and describe my glasses. By then, he was, he'd made up his mind he was going. I never told him no. He retrieved a thing or two from his old Dodge and went down the sandy hill to the beach and the river. I heard him talking with Beth and Jeff and Pam out of my sight. I didn't go down with him because I was still... I finished drying off. And I heard someone below say, after some minutes, he says he sees them. And less than a minute later, I think, I heard them saying, he's got them. Richard, get down here. And by the time I got halfway down, I met this fellow, holding up my glasses in one piece in his hand for me to see. As I thanked him, he said, I like doing this. It's my pleasure. But it was good you didn't have dark plastic frames. I would not have found them then. Apparently they went straight down onto the riverbed when I was thrust below the surface and stayed there. He would not take anything, but then said something along the lines of, but not, didn't say, pay it forward. He didn't say that, but he said something along those lines. And I said, I will. A miracle. 
a freaking, never-to-be-expected miracle. And I pondered, you know, I had done nothing to deserve this. In fact, I screwed up in underestimating the current's pull by the median and how close I was. This guy did not owe me anything. We'd never met before. I did nothing to ingratiate myself with him. He took the initiative to engage me in conversation and then in offering to help me. He knew what it was like to be without contacts or glasses, he said. He had empathy for my situation. I knew just what this second spectacular encounter was. Absolute grace. Like the blind man in Luke, my sight was restored. I preach about grace, God's unmerited, initiative-taking, seeking love for us and for the world. We do experience it in a number of ways, although God's role may be hidden for a while until we think about it. This, though, was something else for me in human experience. You never, A, expect to lose your glasses, B, expect someone to be there who has the stuff and finds them for you. Grace. Mark read from Hosea 11, a beautiful passage about God's passion for Israel as a parent has for his or her children. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks, is how Hosea phrased God's warm heart. Ephesians reminds us of our need for grace which prompted God to display such sacrificing, pursuing love for us. Ephesians says, You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. All of us once lived in them. And then two of the most important words in the New Testament in this context, but God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And shortly thereafter, it gives the verse that my confirmands memorize and the verse following also important. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. God's love does for us what we cannot do for ourselves, and also sends us on our way to, to borrow a phrase, go and do likewise. It's our new raison d'etre, our new reason for being. When I or you or St. Peter's have a spectacular encounter, whether they involve spectacles or not, a quickening engagement with the grace of God, the writer says there are good works for us to do. We have been created and saved to do them. And these become our way of life. This fits what the man told me, some version of, pay it forward, or do for someone else, like something else like what I did for you. 
God does not want us to merely accept God's mercy, help, and bloodstained forgiveness of all sin. God wants us to let that grace from Christ within us to shine through to others. I almost tabbed Galatians for the epistle lesson where Paul wrote, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Let that lead us to do things and continue to do things which help people, heal people, listen to people, encourage others, deliver them from injustice, loneliness, and fear with the help of God. Being a channel of God's grace for others by using our gifts to help answer the needs of others with empathy and, yes, some work on our part, and a word to carry it forward to others, this is the best way to live. It is a way God longs for us to live. It's a way that you and I can, again, have spectacular encounters of grace and offer them to others who may not deserve and have no reason to expect anything good after their misfortune or their grief or their pain. But look, you can bring that grace like that guy did to me. It is looking out for each other at the bottom line. Looking out for each other. Looking out for the stranger. Looking out for the least of these. It is receiving grace like a miracle as it is. And sharing it like God in Christ shared it with us. Amen. Grace. The message is about grace. The grace of God comes into our lives in more than one way, primarily in the way that we know as Jesus. Next week, the service at St. Peter's on August 14th will include a service of healing. And so the scriptures will have to do with healing one way or another. And um, I haven't written that homily yet, so I just don't know what what you're going to be hearing if you tune in. But that's the theme, and I can promise you that. Until then, once again, thanks for tuning in, and I've understood that we've had listeners uh, come uh, and tune in from as far away as some of the countries in Africa, to the Philippines, to Dublin and parts of Ireland, and, uh, and the east coast of the United States and Virginia and, and many places beyond. So thank you all wherever you are, and I hope you're finding some spiritual value in what we share. Until next week, may God bless you, and may God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.